Hello and welcome to another episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. This time we're talking about Supergirl, Season 2, Episode 6, Changing. Uh, and there are a bunch of plots in, in this, as, as there did seem to be in all these shows. There's, uh, there's a bunch of stuff. So there's the, um, there's the Alex coming out plot. There's the Jimmy becoming the Guardian plot, which weaves into the main plot, which is the Parasite plot. And uh, there is also the Mon-El plot. So let's, um, let's start with the Parasite plot. We might uh, zoom over to the others as, as, things, uh, as things progress. So the Parasite plot is, uh, they do a little homage to John Carpenter's The Thing. It is a uh, climate change research station. Uh, they have discovered a wolf that has been frozen for 5,000 years, but whose corpse is still warm. And uh, Dr. Rudy, Rudy Jones, I think, uh, is, is the character's name. The actor's name is, I believe, William Mapother. He's a that guy. You have definitely seen him before. He's usually some sort of bad guy, I think. At least some sort of... Uh, he, he looks... He has a... Does this sort of menacing on-screen presence type of thing. Um... So you, you'll probably recognize him if you watch the episode. Um, but uh, he, he goes to dissect the wolf. Uh, actually, I should, I should back up for a second. They say that a, uh, they found a stone arrowhead in the wolf, and he's like, okay, so Bronze Age Vikings came up to Svalbard. And I'm like, there weren't Vikings in the Bronze Age. That's not really what they would have... Woulda called themselves it's not how we would have referred to them um vikings uh, actually specifically uh if i remember correctly vike uh, the v-i-k or v-y-k uh depending on um where it's used and how it's spelled and whatnot uh refers to a river and what it means is if you were a viking you basically went up the river's rating that is that is how that works um, but anyway, so they, they, we, wouldn't have, we wouldn't have called them uh, Vikings in the Bronze Age, I don't think. Um, so he begins to dissect this wolf, and then something happens, and then we cut away. And what happens is, of course, the parasite comes out, and uh, unfortunately, uh, we don't have Kurt Russell to, to set things straight, or, or not set things straight, depending on how you want to interpret the ending of the movie. Uh, so he... Uh, somebody sends a, an SOS out. The DEO goes to investigate. He's the only one left alive, and they bring him back because they don't know at that point that he's infected. And he's, of course, Parasite, and Parasite's a pretty uh, popular Superman villain, a uh, big purple guy who drains life energy out of people and finds uh, Kryptonian energy especially delicious because uh, if he can put a drain on Superman, then he gets extra special powers and stuff like this. Now, the twist here is that uh, Rudy Jones is a dedicated climate scientist and really concerned about the coming climate apocalypse. And not to get too dark, because the coming climate apocalypse is what made me up my anti-anxiety meds, um, he's, you know, he's, he's really into this. And uh, at, at, at some, for some reason, like the dean of his department, like I'm not even sure who this guy is, but this, this guy comes in while Rudy Jones is working in a lab and analyzing his blood, which I guess as a climate scientist he has some experience in. Not entirely sure what his degrees are in. Let's go ahead and give him a, a degree in biology just to be on the safe side. Uh, dude comes in and says, uh, all right, you should go take a rest. And Rudy Jones is like, well, <laughs> dude's like, 
uh, world's not going to end tonight. And Rudy Jones is like, well, not today, but it is one day soon. And then the dude goes off on this whole, like, yeah, you're too climate science-y and uh, we're firing you. And it's, you know, it's not the first time you've given me cause. And it's just a really weird scene to come into. It's like this guy was up in the Arctic researching climate change. Clearly he had a grant. You knew he was there. You knew he was a climate scientist. So why, after his whole team was massacred, he did it, but you don't know that, after his whole team was massacred, are you coming in and firing him? It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, uh, we find out a little bit later that there's a lobbyist for climate change deniers who is on the board of this college and has been working to get Rudy Jones fired. You know, that's uh, welcome to late stage capitalism. Anyway, um, and he becomes Parasite's target. The DEO figures it out. And even after, like, he's confronted Supergirl once and he's drained her powers a little bit and she's feeling a little off, they figure this out. And who do they send after him? They send Supergirl and Jean Jones, which is like, hey, Parasite, why not give you a buffet to deal with? So he, uh, Jean Jones, you know, shapeshifts into the form of the climate change denying lobbyist. Uh, Rudy Jones attacks him. Supergirl mixes it up a little bit with him. Jean mixes it up with a little, mixes it up with him a little bit. And uh, they both get drained, and then the parasite turns into the big purple thing that we all know and love, and they do they do kind of a cool thing with him where he's got sort of alien mouth, where he's got a mouth within his mouth, and that's, you know, kind of spooky and whatnot. Um, so Jean and Supergirl are both severely drained, and uh, they go back to the DEO. Okay, um, the only thing I think, I'm going to put a pin in this for right now, the only thing I want to point out is that uh, they put Supergirl under yellow sun lamps because that's going to help her. Jean, they don't know what to do for. He needs a blood transfusion. So Alex goes to the only other Green Martian she knows of, which uh, who is, of course, McGann Moores. But as we all know, McGann is not a Green Martian. She's a White Martian. So she knows that. She's reluctant to give Jean a blood transfusion. Megan, uh, sorry, Alex points out that he's going to die. Megan relents and says, forgive me, as she gives him the blood transfusion. Of course, at the end of the episode, he comes to and he thanks her and uh, she's like, I'm going to leave. And he's like, no, 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 stay here. Because he also does not know that uh, she's a white Martian. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much all there is to that. Now, moving back a bit, let's, let's go ahead and talk about the Mon-El storyline. I want to save the Alex uh, coming out storyline for last because, um, I honestly think they did a really good job with it, and I want to talk about it, I think, in some detail. So the only thing with mon is he's trying to fit in. Uh, we see him and Supergirl getting drunk at the alien bar. Uh, she asks him what he's doing. He's like, odds and ends. We find out he's basically a mob enforcer. That's not exactly it, but he's shaking down people who owe bookies, so he's he's just muscle for hire. And every time somebody talks to him about this, he goes through this, you know, I'm not a hero, I don't, you know, I don't want to be a hero. Uh, that's not, you know, I don't have this passion for running in danger. I blah, 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 blah. So he was a palace guard, right? It's it's a little odd that he's he's willing to sink so low and that he wouldn't do something like, say, 
trying to be perhaps a police officer or work for one of the alphabet agencies that's not the DEO or, or something like that, or just straight... What I don't understand is why he just doesn't straight work for the DEO. It's like, yeah, okay, I can do this, but he doesn't want to... He doesn't want to run into danger, etc., etc. And there's a bit where, you know, Supergirl's like, that's what I would have expected from a... He's like, what, from a Daxamite? Blah, blah, blah. And they go through a little bit of that because Supergirl's still got some prejudice and whatnot. Uh, Monel does, in fact, uh, get shamed by Alex at one point where she, when Alex has gone to find McGann Moores. And he does, in fact, show up to fight the Parasite. And he doesn't really accomplish much, but he does not get drained by the parasite somehow, and he he does he does fight the parasite. So uh, Monel has discovered his inner hero, uh, and the last we see of him, he is walking home, and he passes a homeless man, and he backs up and he says, "Hey, uh, I'm trying to be better, so I'd really love to help." And the homeless man pulls out a super taser and tases him, and Cadmus throws him into a van. Um, and this again is like okay. We haven't established enough about Monel to know that he has a regular thing that he does at night and a regular way home that he walks and enough of a regular pattern so that you could stick a fake homeless man, uh, unless, of course, Cadmus is just sticking fake homeless people at every corner, hoping that an alien is going to walk by so they can uh, kidnap him and experiment on him. It's, um, yeah, it, it's just one of those... It's one of those things that we do a lot of hand, or they do a lot of hand waving for. It's just it happened. And you have to accept it. So that's that's Monel, uh, Jimmy becoming the guardian. Um, uh, we know that Wynn is feeding him information. He shows up after Supergirl's first fight with the parasite. He demands uh, the suit from Wynn. Wynn points out that look, I know when the suit's ready. The suit's not ready. If I send you out there, you're going to get killed, and you're not going to help anybody. And Jimmy sort of you know stops and you know takes that into consideration and calms down a little bit. Like, he really wants to get out there. He's really angry about it, that he's not out there uh, helping people more in the in the vigilante way. But uh, after uh, Supergirl and Jean are drained by the parasite, uh, he, he apparently, the suit is ready. Uh, Wynn gives him the suit. It is not the blue and gold Guardian suit. It's uh, black and steel color. It's got some lead in there because Supergirl tries to see who he is and can't. Uh, the shield is something that um, is, is a function of the suit, like Jimmy squeezes his hand a certain way or presses a button and the shield shows up. Uh, the shield is sufficient to repel the parasite. Like, we see the parasite do one of those jump punches at it. Jimmy puts the shield up and the parasite is flung uh, backward. Uh, several feet, and then Jimmy is using the shield to fight the parasite. So he's got sort of a, well, I mean, Guardian always did. Uh, there's sort of a Captain America thing uh, happening um, with the shield. Um, and then, you know, Jimmy fights the parasite, uh, Supergirl thanks him, and then he, you know, asks who he is, and he says a friend, and he drives off into the night uh, and will appear whenever we need a vigilante. Um, so... I'm not entirely sure what the suit's powers are. Uh, Win is backup. He's sort of like uh, the microchip to uh, Punisher, if uh, you're familiar at all with that, which means that he sits in a van and monitors what's going on and sort of uh, helps Jimmy out whenever he can, especially with the suit, uh, because I assume that Win has the instructions and that nobody will lose them, a la uh, The Greatest American Hero. Um, I used to love that show when I was a kid, and I always wished that he'd found the instruction book and figured out what the suit could do, but anyway. Uh, so, 
that's that's Jimmy's plotline. It's pretty basic. So Alex coming out. Alex coming out, I think, is handled really poignantly. Um, it hits a it hits a lot of notes that seem real to me from basically stuff stuff I've read online that people have posted about their coming out experiences, uh, having talked to some people who've told me about their coming out experiences. Um, it, it's a, it is a particular story, uh, but I think it's handled really, really well. So what happens is, uh, we know Alex has a thing for Maggie. Uh, she sees Maggie in the alien bar and Maggie's like, look, uh, you come out, you know, Alex is like, well, how did you handle this? Maggie's like, I came out to my family. My dad is not the most broad-minded people, handled it pretty well. So did my mom. And look, you come out to your family and I will, you know, I'll buy you a drink. So there's a scene where Alex and Kara are walking and Alex gradually comes out to Kara and, you know, Kara, she's not bad about it, but she's also not really good about it. She's also like, well, you know, have you ever been with a girl? And Alex is like, no, but then she explains that, you know, she probably had feelings for her best friend in high school and was scared of them and ended up fighting with her about nothing. And then they, you know, their friendship, you know, drifted apart or what have you. Um, and Kara's, well, I know you haven't been dating much. And Alex is like, this is not about me dating. This is, you know, it's about who I am. And, you know, like I said, Kara is, it, it's a lot of like, well, okay, so Maggie's gay. Yeah, so does that mean you're gay? And it's, it, again, she's not, she's not shutting Alex down. She's not shutting Alex out. But she's also asking some, like, she doesn't ask whether it's a phase. I will say Alex questions that herself, and, and Maggie has a really good response to that. And she says, no, this is real. You know, you're real, which I, I thought was pretty cool. But, um, so... You know, Alex gets upset and doesn't want to talk about it anymore, and she leaves. And then later on, there's another scene where, in Kara's apartment, where Kara apologizes and says, you know, like, we have this, like, when we were younger, I remember talking about everything. We were always talking about my secret, and there was no room for you, and I'm sorry for that, and there should have been room for you. And Alex is like, you didn't do anything wrong. And Kara's like, I know. And they, they cry a little bit. And um, they they hug. And Alex is like, I don't want to go through this alone. and Or I don't want to go through this without you. And Kara is, you, you don't have to. So, you know, that was, I thought, that was really that was really sweet and, and really well done. And, you know, right as they, they're starting to get into talking about it, especially talking about Maggie, uh, the phone rings and it's time to go to the DEO. So, later on, Alex goes back to Maggie and says, hey, I told Kara. Maggie's like, great, I'm buying you all the drinks you want. What do you want? Uh, They hug, and Alex doesn't quite break the hug. She has Maggie's hand. She draws Maggie back back to her and gives Maggie a kiss. And Maggie says, wow. And Alex is like, I wanted to do that for a long time. Maggie's like, I could tell. And there's obviously something wrong and when Alex finally gets it out of Maggie, it's that Maggie's like, uh, you know, like, you're, you're new. 
like she says fresh off the boat and she's like i don't want to get into a relationship with somebody who's fresh off the boat they usually don't last now this is this is again it's a particular story but it's not the first time i've heard of this kind of thing uh happening like um just that people who have been who have understood that they're gay who've come out as gay who've been gay uh for a while are sometimes not all of them but some some of them sometimes are more reluctant to get into relationships with people who have just realized or come out as gay um and it's not obviously it's well not obviously but it's it's not anything i've experienced but i'm told that it's a thing that happens and while i understand the need to protect yourself in a relationship especially if you're in a relationship that is still in the process of being accepted by society uh it, it like <laughs> somebody's going to have to be in a relationship with people who are newly gay, right? They're they're never going to figure it out otherwise if everybody's like, "Well, no, I'm you know, I'm an experienced gay and you're a new gay and that just doesn't work." Like anyway. Um but but it was again, it it added added poignance uh, to me to Alex's coming out story and then there's um a scene later on where Alex is in her uh apartment um drinking by herself not day drinking it seems to be night drinking although when Kara shows up she says that Alex hasn't been into the office and that's unlike her and Alex says that you know Maggie doesn't like me in in that way and is really broken up by it and that's you know that's always tough when you like somebody who doesn't like you back but in this case you know it's it's someone for whom Alex has had this realization and has come to change her life and even though Maggie's not, Maggie is not, uh, what's the best way to say this? Alex has been gay the whole time. Maggie has helped her to realize that. So Maggie's not the cause of Alex being gay, but she is the inciting incident that has allowed Alex to come to this acceptance of herself. And now that that, possibility seemingly the possibility of that relationship has been taken away that seems to me that that would be really traumatic for alex and it's it's a good scene where supergirl gets to comfort her sister a little bit um so oh yeah i think the only thing i didn't mention about the uh the whole parasite thing <laughs> jumping back to the parasite thing actually let me just put a button I really liked the Alex story. I thought the the Alex coming out uh, story was probably the best writing I've seen on Supergirl so far. Um, and I just, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Anyway, um, so the only thing I didn't mention about the Parasite is that when uh, he's finally beaten and it takes Guardian and Monel and Supergirl to defeat him, Supergirl grabs some plutonium from a nearby nuclear power plant and the parasite tries to drain that and explodes. So I believe, not entirely sure, 
I believe they've gotten rid of Parasite as a villain, but it's always possible that the little slug thing that is the actual Parasite is uh, survived somehow and slithered off somewhere to bond with a new host. Um, but that's that's how they get rid of that. So uh, I think I think that's all I really want to say about this episode, except that I hope. I hope Alex and Maggie get together. They've been, it seems like they've been doing that. I hope Maggie can overcome her reluctance and her fear and her prejudice because frankly, Alex is a catch. Uh, she's, you know, smart. She's kick-ass. Uh, she's professional and uh, she's in law enforcement like Maggie and I just think they'd make a cute couple and I totally ship them. Um, anyway, so that is it for this episode of both Supergirl and uh, Arrow Chapter and Verse. And as always, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you're having a good day, and I will see you next time.